Welcome to this special unconventional convention episode of Democratically 2020, the podcast all about politics, policies, and personalities of the 2020 US election. This week, we'll be taking a close look at all of the nights of the Democratic Convention taking place in Wisconsin via Zoom near you. So welcome to day one of the Democratic National Convention, which was meant to be held in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, a critical swing state for the party, um, but which in this chaos world is now mostly taking place in a virtual manner. um, And all of the speeches that you'll be looking for will be um, delivered by some kind of video interface um, in some kind of way other than in a big convention hall. We have no idea (laughs) whether this is going to have any impact on the raise or not. Um, traditionally, people speak about a convention bounce um, in that um, in the past, it has been the case that candidates um, of both parties would get a bounce, a, a rise in the polls after their convention, um, which usually tended to kind of settle down and level off after the fact. So it's unclear if in-person physical conventions had a big impact on uh, the polls anyway. And it's certainly very, very unclear whether the kind of virtual convention that both parties are talking about um, are, are will be holding in, in this week and in a couple of weeks' time for the Republicans have any kind of impact whatsoever. Um, what I can tell you is that for those of us who are Democrats and for those of us who will be following the U.S. presidential election closely, it's a really important opportunity for us to hear how each party is putting themselves across Um, more so even than the party platform, which is something that will be agreed at the convention as well um, through a a grassroots process, but probably even more so than the the platform itself, the way that the party chooses to present itself in the convention tells you a lot about what they think is important and how they intend to go forward. Um, So what I'm going to try and do this week is um, I'm on vacation (laughs) from my day job, but not from you, my dear listeners. Um, So I'm going to try and do a very short mini episode each day of this week, um, in which we'll start off by recapping what came before, so the previous day, um, and we'll look ahead to what's due to come this night. Um, Because from London time, the convention um, speeches will be happening in the wee small hours, at least all of the ones that matter for the media will be happening in the wee small hours of, of, of London time. I'll have to catch up with them in the following day. So each day I'll try and give you an opportunity um, to hear my thoughts on on the, the previous night. Um, and and we'll look, we'll look forward to kind of what we can expect to see in the following night. Um, obviously, because today's the first day, I don't have any speeches to look back on. Um, but I do want to give you a little preview of the week ahead. And then um, I want to share with you some thoughts that uh, one of our friends of the pod had about how Biden could could possibly rejig the way he delivers his speech. Um, So first of all, what can we expect? So day one of the convention, which is this Monday. Um, So this evening, we'll be seeing um, a selection of people. Now, usually the the kind of keynote speaker for the night, the one that they're expecting everyone to care about the most, um, is the final speaker of the night. The idea is it kind of builds to a crescendo. Um, And this night, that is former First Lady Michelle Obama, who I think you can agree, is a pretty big crescendo. Um, immediately before her, um, so I guess the kind of other keynote speaker of the night um, is Senator Bernie Sanders. Um, obviously, you can see why the Biden campaign wanted to give him a prominent spot, but also perhaps why they wanted to make sure that his prominent spot was early in the convention so that his followers kind of get 
get get their moment in the sun very early on, and then people can move on and and think about um, about 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 Vice President Biden's uh, nomination. Um, some other interesting people to note um, on the first night of speeches. Alabama Senator Doug, Doug Jones, who we've talked about in this podcast before, um, probably the most endangered uh, senator in the Senate right now, um, a fantastic senator for the state of Alabama, um, but who only won there under quite exceptional circumstances in a special election. Now, he is a great candidate for his state, so um, I will be interested to see how he puts himself across. Um, he's never been shy of putting himself across as as a proud Democrat, even in a state like Alabama. So um, let Let's see how he brings that to life. Um, another speech I think possibly to watch out for, um, Senator Amy Klobuchar will be kind of kicking off the program. Now, a lot of people thought that she was Biden's or at least one of Biden's um, top picks for a possible vice presidential slot, um, that he was possibly back and forth between her and Kamala Harris. Um She's now kicking off the convention, so um, that should be interesting. Let's see what she does with that spot. And someone else that Joe Biden likes an awful lot is Representative Jim Clyburn, who helped him a lot in South Carolina for his primary. Uh, Representative Clyburn is a is a fantastic advocate for African American voters in his home state of South Carolina. So let's see how that goes. Day two, the uh, uh, keynote speaker for that night is the candidate's wife, Dr. Jill Biden. Um, immediately before her is former President Bill Clinton. Now, of course, the party is always going to want to give its prominent, uh, prominent former presidents a prominent place um, on the on the roster. Um, so, President Clinton will speak on night two. Um, also that night, uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is probably one to watch. Now, um, a lot of conversation has been generated about the fact that she was given a 60-second speaking slot, um, but she's kind of been a little bit fun about that on Twitter and sort of been indicating how much she thinks she can do uh, with a one-minute speaking slot. So I think that's probably going to be one minute well worth your time. All right, day three to look out for. Um Big night kicking off day three is Representative Elizabeth Warren. For you music, pop music fans, uh, there's going to be a performance by Billie Eilish, um, whose music I'm too uncool to appreciate or like recognize even. So I'm really sorry to all my Billie fans out there. Um, but if you want to send me some song suggestions, I will be happy to uh, beef, beef up my knowledge of them. Um, other superstars of the night, uh, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, um, obviously the nominee from, from 2016 will be on. It will be really interesting to see how she puts herself across and how she presents it. Um, Gabrielle Giffords will be speaking on the same night, obviously um, a heartbreaking story. She's uh, um, the representative who was, uh, who was shot um, nearly died by an, uh, an attempted assassination um, uh, by, some time ago. And then the big keynotes of that night, um, so it's an action-packed day for night three, um, will be Senator Kamala Harris um, in her kind of vice presidential introductory speech. And then rounding off the third night of the program is going to be former President Barack Obama. Um, I personally am really excited for night three. That's, that's, a, that's a pretty packed program. Night four, Cory Booker is going to speak. Pete Buttigieg will be kicking it off. You're going to hear a performance by the Chicks, formerly the Dixie Chicks. To those of you who were, who uh, who remember the battle in the uh, in, during the Bush administration when they, um, well, I'll just say they produced some great music on the back of being 
hounded out of the uh, out of country music by their own fans. Um, some other big names on the night, a lot of kind of VP shortlist people on this night who didn't didn't make the cut, um, but given prominent places on the platform. So that's interesting to see. Senator Tammy Baldwin, Tammy Duckworth, um, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms, who a lot of people thought was a was very impressive. Um, and Andrew Yang, um, given a convention spot immediately before the nomination of the candidate. And finally, culminating in the the ultimate speech um, by Vice President Joe Biden. Um, so that's what we have to look forward to this week. But I guess one question that I would think we should all be asking ourselves is how would we like to see Joe Biden make his speech? Now, Biden has been a fantastic politician. He is actually a better speaker in a, especially a formal and structured speak than I think people necessarily give him credit for. Um, but, you know, he's not the best. I mean, especially coming up against someone like Barack Obama um, from a previous night. Um, he, he's just like, he's just not. He's, he's a good guy and he's a good, good enough speaker most of the time. Um, he's got a lot to say. I think he's very likable. Um, what could he do to bring his speech to life and make it soar? Um, as it happens, Friend of the pod, James O'Malley, has some suggestions for how he thinks um, Vice President Biden might be able to elevate his speech or give himself the best chance of conveying a message through his speech. So I will leave it to you to listen to his modest proposal for the Vice President's speech. Hello, I'm James O'Malley. I'm a technology journalist and I'm also the person who made the Trump's Alert Twitter account, which you might have seen, which uh, basically monitors the Trump family's uh, likes and follows on Twitter and then reports them out. Anyway, I'm speaking to you today because Karen asked me to explain to you an idea I had that's related to the Democratic National Convention, which is happening uh, next week. So obviously we know at the moment that Biden is currently planning to give uh, a speech and it all sounds fairly conventional, uh, at least as conventional as it can be given uh, the COVID situation, but I think he should do something different. I think that Joe Biden needs a PowerPoint. Now, I know what you're thinking, that sounds like a terrible idea, but actually it's brilliant because I think that given the, the changing world, given the new way we communicate and given that we're all locked inside our homes now, why do we need a speech which is going to be sort of this big soaring thing where people cheer when that's obviously not going to be a possible thing? But it, there, there can't be a cheering crowd because of COVID. So instead, I think uh, the Biden campaign would be better off pivoting the speech and doing it something a bit more like an Apple press conference. Now, if you've ever watched one of these, these are very slick events where basically Tim Cook will come out on stage and stand in front of an enormous screen and sort of explain what the new iPhone does and what it can do and all that sort of thing. I think Biden could do something similar. Imagine for a moment just how much more powerful it will be to hear Joe Biden talk about his backstory and where he came from and so on, not just using words at a podium, but if he was accompanied by large pictures showing his childhood, showing uh, how he grew up and all that sort of thing. Imagine if when he was trying to explain the failures of the Trump administration, if he could point to a graph or a chart. Imagine if he told the stories of people affected by Trump's terrible policies and could show pictures, maybe even video, a sort of case studies of the people he's talking about. Using a visual element like that would surely make so much more sense, especially in this sort of modern age where 
everyone you know has a screen and everyone likes sharing things with visuals and you could take this even further so take biden's policy uh, agenda when you look at an apple product launch um, every app, every feature will have its own little logo and branding and they have these beautiful little graphics showing all of the new features that you can expect on the new version of the iPhone operating system and so on. Now imagine if there was like a, a Medicare for All logo or you know whatever Biden's equivalent of Medicare for All is called or imagine if there was a Green New Deal logo and everything could be productized in a way that sort of makes things a bit more uh, I guess comprehensible. Also you, you've immediately got a graphic you can share, a logo you can share to say yes this is the the thing I want this is the thing I'm talking about and that could go all over social media with a big screen with a powerpoint behind him Biden could give a call to action at the end of the speech wouldn't it's nice and clear so rather than have Biden standing at the podium forgetting the text number text Joe to 30 whatever it was and forgetting for having all of that you just have it on the screen behind him ultimately I think giving Biden a PowerPoint would make a huge amount of sense because of the way COVID is affecting the world. Like I say, this isn't going to be a normal convention. It's not going to be um, a huge crowd all cheering. Why do this sort of weird old-fashioned thing when this time around the Democrats will have much stronger controls of the visuals? Presumably they will be having a video feed which they will be sending to the networks and whoever else wants to broadcast it. So why not use that feed in a more creative way than just a podium with a flag behind it? Why not use visuals? Why not use audio? Give Biden a PowerPoint. Thank you for listening. So that's our convention preview. Um, I hope you're as excited about watching this all play out as I am. I can't wait to hear from some of these people, particularly really excited to hear from newly appointed vice presidential candidate Kamala Harris um, and for the rest of the party. I will be here all week um, and I look forward to talking to you. Um, I'm on Twitter at Karen Jr at K-A-R-I-N-J-R on Twitter. Um, drop me a line. I'd love to hear what you think of the speeches, what you um, are looking forward to hearing from other candidates, what did you love? What did you hate? Um, what do you think about this whole idea of holding a virtual convention in the first place? Um, what impact do you think it will have? If you um, have not yet already done so, please, 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 please register to vote and request your absentee ballot. You can do that if you're an American um, in, the con in the US at vote.org. Or if you, like me, are an American living overseas, the website you want to go to is votefromabroad.org. I should let you know, as always, that this podcast is not affiliated with any other organization or entity. It is just me. And I look forward to sharing this convention adventure with you. I'll speak to you tomorrow.